Welcome to the No Clue Podcast, episode 135. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tyler. I'm Mike. We're back after All-Star, Saturday, uh, uh, Sunday night. Um, first, you know, single day All-Star weekend. Uh, yeah, forced, very forced. <laughs> Alright, let's, um, you want to talk about each event or you want to start broad first or what? Uh, let's go in order, event by event. Okay. Break it down. Yo, the guards got to take some pride in the skills challenge, man. I agree. <laughs> this shit's getting out of hand. The bigs look like they're like better built for it than the guards are. Yeah, that and and the way they have like minimized minimized the skills challenge to make it quicker is has just been has been terrible. Like they took the bounce pass away, you know the um, the uh, cone things like the you know NBA men to weave in and out of are so far yeah. apart. They they like don't really have to go fast or it doesn't take really any skill. It's a skills challenge that really doesn't take a lot of skill anymore, right. which is kind of crazy. But we know the um, European big men are always. Um, a different level of skill and fundamentals than the American big men. Um, but yeah, man, I, I agree. It's just, it's bad that they just keep getting worked every time. CP yeah, missing like, layups. Right as yeah. Kenny's talking about, CP's missed the layup before, smoked it. And he even said, I, I missed the layup last time. That's messed me up. Then he oh did it again. God. CP, you play basketball a hundred years, bro. You backboard. Or what dunk you it. To... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he slowed down to go to the right side and still missed that shit. Right. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. And then Luka the, the didn't jump even take shot. It seriously. No, no, he didn't. Nope. And the thing is, it, it, it's weird when we don't have our. You know, I remember Devin Harris and D Rose and CP and um, those guys being like the stars of it. Now we got Luca and CP. Like Fox, where are you? I know you didn't want to come to the thing at all, but we need someone. We need our speed guys. Wall, I'm pretty sure you could do it again. You're back. Uh, I think I remember Jeff Teague doing it before. Uh, Kimba could have competed in this. Yeah. Like. It's bad, man. How we have more big men in it than we do have guards in general. That's ridiculous by itself. Yeah, it's just... Covington? Like just, yeah, I've never seen Covington dribble a basketball more than like two times. Right. Yeah, it, but the thing is, the skills challenge isn't hard, so... No, it's it, I, not. Yeah. I Anybody like before, can do it. Yeah, I feel like before... People like Covington would never even attempt to do the skills challenge. But the fact that he feels like he can compete in it is a problem with with the skills challenge by itself. I agree. But it still was pretty, uh, it, it was still, you know, interesting. It still, I, I still kept my eye on it. It wasn't one of those, 
Yeah, I've seen the memes. The guys sleeping on the plane. <laughs> I mean, the last round was was good. It was close. You know, Vucevic and, and Sabonis went at it. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, like you said, they just gotta kind of expand it a little bit more, make it a little bit more competitive. Yeah, you only have to go up and down the court one time, and that's it. Like, that's weak. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. So shout out to Sabonis. That's the second win. I feel like it is. Yeah, I think so. Okay, next. <laughs> Three point contest. Yep. It. Uh, I was. Uh, I won't say I was shocked, but. I I thought this was, I thought that they did a really good job with this, this time. I like the range. Um the the three pointers uh, and we talked about it before like them after seeing it in big three yeah. i'm pretty sure i brought it up like you know the three-point contest could use something like that yeah you did yeah you definitely uh, did and, and they they did it so well where it's like such a subtle you two extra shots yeah uh and that are like you don't have to take them if you don't want which i don't know if anybody will ever pass taking them but yeah especially you know, they they got a little extra time too, I think, right? They got yeah. a minute and ten now, yeah. So they they could get those off, and it's not out of the way, which was nice. Like they, it was just a natural. It felt natural for them to go there from the other rack, from yeah. the wing rack. And one thing that was surprising to me is I wasn't sure if maybe it was the extra time or if guys were just shooting quickly, but nobody really, nobody struggled with the time. Yeah, no, I, I think. Levine was like the only one that was even close and he was still he was taking his time. Right. Yeah, and you're right, no one really struggled with the time. So I'm not nope. I'm not quite sure if maybe they gave him a little bit too much time, but I, I enjoyed the contest overall, man. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. I thought the guys showed out well. Everybody shot like Tatum really impressed me shooting it quick. Uh Mitchell impressed me not using his legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other guys I knew, you know, Brown, Brown was kind of a weird fit for the three-point contest because it's really not his play style. Yeah. Uh, but he proved that he belonged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, there's no surprise Steph won it. Yeah. Uh, it almost looked like he, he let Mike Conley think that he had a chance. <laughs> I know, yeah. Because he really was just... That first rack on his last round, it looked like he was just tossing them up. Like yeah. it didn't look like he was trying to make them really. Yeah, first like two racks, he was kind of missing them, and I was like, you know, oh, like it's close. Maybe Mike Conley could. And then the third rack came up, and he, then he made the long shot after that, and I was like, yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder why um, Damian uh, stepped out of it, but I I really would have liked to see him in this with the new format yeah. i think it would have been pretty cool but i, I mean i think uh, you know he'll go ahead i was impressed by conley a lot i really was yeah you know how much of it do you think was the fact that there was no crowd because uh, i think that definitely helped some of those guys Yeah, maybe a little bit, but the crowd really only gets crazy like towards the end. Like when the time is going down, they build an anticipation. But but like there's more pressure when you're missing and it's quiet. 
<laughs> you know, well, with a ton of people around. <laughs> it would have been quiet either way, though. You're right. <laughs> when they start making it, though, I think to get on the roll, you get to be on the roll by yourself. Is you know, when the crowd is like yelling while you're on the roll, and you miss that one, and it goes silent. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That that probably would have been harder because or the collective like oh <laughs> yeah 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 I, I get that that probably would have been pretty tough so maybe maybe the open gym didn't make it a little bit easier yeah at least and, for those like new guys yeah yeah for the first timers I I wish you know I I've liked in the past when each event had at least one person from the home team. Like, I know they can't make people get into it, but I would have liked if Trey was there in the three-point contest. You know, I, I I don't know what they could have did with the dunk contest, really, but um, I think even with the small crowd there, it would have been nice to have a Hawk there. I agree. Because there wasn't yeah. any Hawks participating at all. And nothing. Yeah. That, Trey's that's... another skills challenge guy also. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's... I don't like when the home team doesn't participate in their own thing, which is kind of uh, kind of sucks. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, three point contest is starting to steal the show because of that's the last thing that the stars get in. Yeah. So. And I was, you know, I was anticipating going from the three to the dunk contest. I didn't know they were doing it at halftime. <laughs> oh yeah, I knew. I knew. And and my boy, like, you know, I checked the time right as the three point contest ended, and it was like seven fifty something. And I'm like, yeah. you know, is the game gonna start late? And my friend's like, Nah, dude, they're doing it at halftime. <laughs> I immediately yeah. was like, Oh man, oh no. <laughs> you want to start? You want to talk about the game or the dunk contest? Let's, let's talk about the contest. Okay. Uh, as I said, and I was nervous about it being at halftime, and I was right. <laughs> Having a contest at halftime is is an awful idea. Yeah, it was it was an bad. awful idea. Yeah. Um, you know the the contest itself, I actually thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the dunks were all around solid. Like there wasn't any like weak dunks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. Even the simpler dunks, the guys really showed out how bouncy they were. Yeah. Uh, and this was another one where I don't know, maybe the empty arena helped them out, but guys were hitting dunks on the first try. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I thought made the contest way better. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like, as far as like deep thoughts, I mean, you know, Cassius Stanley to me had the best dunk with the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really get credit, and from then on, I I really couldn't figure out the like how they were grading these dunks. <laughs> yeah, man, Josh Smith was the hardest judge I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was that one point where everybody gave tens except him, and then yeah. the next dunk, everybody gave nines, and he gave a ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. was so confused. That was on the, um, uh, I think that was Simon's, the 360. I think he gave a 10 and everyone else yeah. just gave a 9. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. 
I think th- I think I remember Josh Smith doing that dunk in the dunk contest. Maybe I, I could be wrong. <laughs> Maybe he's like, man, he paid homage to me, really, not T Mac. <laughs> he needs a ten. Now, I, it, I I agree. I thought the grading was really bad. Uh, I think Stanley underrated dunk, so many dunks. Yeah, yeah. I think Stanley's dunk out the gates was you know. Easily, you know, 45 and above. 40, no, 40, what did you get, a 44? 44. It's definitely a 46 and above, for sure. He needs at least all nines, at least. Um, but the thing is, I, I, I get why some people gave him nines, because it's, it's the only dunk that they have seen before. You know, probably, I don't know if Obi Toppin can do it, but I'm sure... Most of the guys, uh, let me take that back. All the judges can do that dunk. They could have done that dunk easily. Right. And they would have thought of it because people do it all every year. You know, that's like the go-to. Yeah. So I, I get, if that's what their thought process was, I get it. But like you said, after that, the grading is like a much lesser dunk got higher score. doesn't make sense. Yeah. I thought, um... I thought they underrated the shit out of uh, Toppin's second dunk. What was it again? The one where he jumped over Randall and his dad. Oh yeah, yeah, that was because tough. he like he like cradled it and oh like kind of windmilled it. Yeah, one hand windmill. Yeah, uh, and he powered it through like really clean. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, like again, they gave him kind of a weak score where I was like, you know, based on how you're grading, to me that's practically a fifty. Yeah, but he missed he missed that the first time. Right. That might have been, you know, it's it's tough, man. I I almost wish, I almost wouldn't mind them doing the like round to round, just who, who got the winner of the round, versus the, uh, <laughs> because the scoring is never right. Never. So and then I'm glad they changed the ending thanks to Dwayne Wade. His debacle with Aaron Gordon, uh, <laughs> which D Wade still takes no ownership for. I know he acts like they Weak collectively messed it up. Like no, dude, everyone else, you told everyone you were gonna make it a tie, and you didn't. It, like I, I actually watched it yesterday because they had on NBA TV. They had all the um, mm-hmm. old ones, so I watched that one again. And when he did it. <laughs> Dude, Common looked at him so crazy, like, yo, what did you just do? <laughs> Common was next to him, and he gave him, like, the meanest look after he saw what D-Way's score was. D-Way, like, took his earpiece off and was going to, like, walk away, like, try to run from the scene. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Common looking at him, but I remember that. <laughs> yeah, man, it... I, the fact that Common looked at him like that, I knew that D Wade really did some snake stuff there. So, <laughs> yeah, man, he talking about like the judges shouldn't hand out tens. Like they're not handing out tens, bro. <laughs> there was like one one fifty the whole uh, dunk contest this time, right? Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. I don't want to hear D Wade talk about the dunk contest. They should but make him go Simon's- in the green room. Simon's dunks were all like uh, creative, like they, they were, were simple yeah. yet creative. Yeah, and Obi Toppin's dunk, I like I've seen online, but 
but I've never seen a dunk contest contestant do it. You know, like I've seen it on uh, House of Highlights, but yeah, yeah, I will say his that first dunk he did with the like the reverse, yeah, one of the, the cleanest self oops I've ever seen. Yeah, like yeah, the it was. bounce through it through the legs, it perfectly came up. He reversed it. I thought that was again the guys na- a lot of the time nailed their first dunk really quickly. Yep, uh, and it, it made the contest that much better for me. And that's one that is really hard, I think, to do on the first try. Right. Like, I, I've seen the guys, like I said, on on um, Instagram, the guys who do it all the time. They don't even get it on the first try. So right. I thought that was really impressive. Um, yeah. it. You know, you're right. The dunks weren't bad, and the contest itself wasn't that bad. But the timing and the lack of excitement it, at least have all the players out there to watch. Like, at one point, right. it was just Covington who was just hanging around. And Damian Lillard was out there to support Simons, and, like, no one else was out there. And then, you know, Paul George came out for Cassius Stanley for some reason. And uh, it was just kind of it was just kind of weird. Just It was almost like they just had their close friends there. And I thought, oh, they got guys to throw them oops. And they really didn't. They were just there just chilling. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. It, yeah, I never, weird. never again at halftime. That's... Let's toss that stupid idea right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All-star game. The big game. What did you think? First half. <laughs> Let's start first half. Or we can go quarters. I mean, warm-ups clearly weren't long enough. My Why God, bro. That? that first quarter was... Dude, if Steph hadn't heated up... That would have been the worst quarter of an all-star game I've probably ever seen. I agree. I mean, dude, we can't throw lobs to Zion. Or Zach Levine. Or, like, Levine? Like, what are we doing? Giannis, gotta, Giannis can't get highlights. He's just cleaning up nonsense. And that that was whack. I mean, I think he did that on purpose, but that that was trash to me. Like, we're not getting garbage buckets in the all-star game. That's stupid. Yeah. But, you know, every time that it bounced in the quarter, paint, man. you just dropped it back in. Yeah, and that first quarter was so bad from both sides. Again, like Steph kind of pushed the yellow team ahead a little bit because he was hitting shots. Yeah. But the game, like, the guards looked so messy. Yeah, they did. They did. Luca might as well not have even came. He had, like, one little small run by himself. Other than that, he was pretty bad the whole game. Um, Kyrie was just boring. That's all I can say, boring. The the greatest show in basketball, the um, handle god, street ball, Uncle Drew, I didn't see that at all. He was just, like, coming down full speed right into the paint, no matter who was standing there, and then just trying to, like, make a quick dish. I don't really get what the... What's the what's the thought process? You just finally, you know, acknowledged you're not a point guard, which, you know, real basketball fans knew for years. Kyrie? Which, yeah, you yeah, finally, okay. you know, you're you're a bucket. Like, that's, that's your game. Mm-hmm. And you finally acknowledge it. You're clearly thriving playing that way. And you come in the All-Star game and, and try to be a point guard all of a sudden? Yeah. 
It looked it looked awful. Like he wasn't terrible all game, but he like he didn't have a feel for how to feed people. No, he didn't. Like it was so noticeable. Everybody on the yellow team had a rhythm with each other like midway through the second quarter. Yep. And but Kyrie having the ball more than everybody couldn't figure anybody out. The yellow team looked like a real team. Exactly. <laughs> team LeBron and, and looked like a real team. The clear, and there's no really, there's no point in talking about it quarter to quarter because the yellow team was blowing them out like late by late second quarter. Yeah. Uh, but the clear difference was one team was led by LeBron and Steph. Yeah. The other team was led by Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you saw you saw the drastic style difference. The two, like, arguably the two worst teammates in the league. Bro, did they even pass the ball to each other once? I didn't see Kawhi pass the whole game. I don't like, think it, Kawhi, dude. Kawhi looked like not not useless isn't the right word. He looked like an outcast. Yeah, he did. He looked like that guy you pick up because he's nice. But you know if he gets the ball, nobody else is getting it back, so you really don't want to pass it to him. Yeah, you pick him up so you don't have to play against him, really. Right. And, and that's <laughs> yeah. Kyrie Irving was forcing shit, and then James Harden comes in there and thinks, oh, I'm the best player, I'm just going to throw up threes like I'm Steph. Yeah. That made no sense to me. Uh, Beal gets going in the third quarter and hit, like, what, three threes in a row? Yeah, something like that. Then he misses one. And doesn't touch the ball until, like, mid-fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this yeah. is bizarre. Like, you know, Steph is cashing out. They're feeding him. Paul George is cashing out. They're feeding him. The yep. yellow team fed everybody who was playing well in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. While the blue team is, like, f- trying to, like, force themselves to be balanced for, for I don't understand what reason. Mm-hmm. But it looked terrible. I think Beal was is the only player on the blue team that I thought played really well, honestly. He, you know what it is, man? For me, in an all-star game, and I, you know, I've played in, like, my conference all-star games in high school. I always think, as a player, one should go into the game thinking, okay, if I was on a video game, what would be, like, my highest rating? And do that. That's what people want to see. Like... Everyone knows Harden does ISOs, but yet he ISOed, like, really one time the whole game. Kyrie, every, you're known for your handles. Show us some handles. No, I'm just going to drive straight to the basket and not do any, no change of direction moves. I'm just going to blow past bad me. passes and lobs. Right. Zach Levine, show us some dunks. Nope. Uh, who, who else? Who else? Kawhi, play some defense. Get us a nice steal. Show us a dunk. Nope. Hit a three. Donovan Mitchell. Nope. Donovan Mitchell, get a poster. Nope. Nope. I mean, they didn't even let Donovan get the ball on a break. Forget about that. And Zion, catch an alley-oop, please. Start. Or finish <laughs> yes. a dunk. He went yes. one for five in the first quarter of dunks. Just dunks. 
How do you miss four dunks in the first quarter? <laughs> My friend made a good point. Uh, he made a funny joke about, um, you know, longest yard when uh, Brucey, the, the, like the backup quarterback, yeah, <laughs> he gets a chance and like the ball slips out his hands like, ah, I shouldn't have had that popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same thing you could say about Zion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My man looked like he ate popcorn before the game. He was dropping everything. Everything, man. The first it, couple passes I thought were just bad. Uh-huh. And then, like, even the basic lobs, he was just, like, they were just slipping out his hands. Yep. I was like, man, this, this is a mess. But, you know, on the yellow team, they were, it was just like a video game. Oh, I got Steph, guess what I'm doing? I'm jacking threes. Oh, I got Lillard, guess what I'm doing? I'm shooting from range. I got Giannis, guess what I'm doing? I'm dunking every time I get the ball. This is plain and simple. Yeah, LeBron got a couple transitions. I like Yoke how LeBron, there was a time where like LeBron didn't score for a long time, and then he just cherry-picked, because he's yes. like, I, I know it's like my turn to score. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we want. That's what an all-star game is for, to see the all-stars do what they do best. No one on the blue team did what they did best except for Beal, to me. And, and you know what bothered me is, like, even in the first quarter when Yellow Team wasn't playing well, mm-hmm. they looked like they were having fun. Yeah. Jokic was making full-court passes. Yes. Uh, I never saw fun from the Blue Team. No, me either. Not the whole <laughs> game. At, at one point, late in the third, you could see Levine and Mitchell, like, literally getting pissed off. <laughs> yeah, they should have been because they, I mean, it. The other stars, like the Kyrie, Harden, those guys, Kawhi, they act like Levine and Mitchell like didn't deserve to be on the team, which was weak yeah. to me. Yeah, bro. But, they were they looked selfish. Yeah, they did. They played selfish while the yellow team was feeding like the, the eighth guy if he made a shot. Yeah. Like Beal is cashing out and he still has to play off of you guys? Give him the damn ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was bad, man, for them. Like, what bothered me is um, the blue team didn't even, like, really turn up defensively. They did for a quick second in the fourth. Yeah. But it wasn't anything meaningful to where, like, they were actually trying to come back. Yeah, it was just like we're not getting letting you guys get any more dunks or, like, right. anything easy. That's right. really it. Yeah. It, it, I, I hated it, man. I... I Again, they reminded me, the blue team specifically reminded me that so many guys didn't want this all-star game to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised that after the game, they weren't, like, crying about it. Like, oh, we didn't want to be here anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure but, they did that somewhere. <laughs> right. Somewhere to somebody, yeah. The yellow team looked like they were making the best of it. You know, I think... Um, CP and LeBron were letting Steph shoot as much as he wanted from anywhere he wanted. And then when Dame came in, they like purposefully made sure Dame got a range shot. And like I said, it's like they knew what everyone wanted to see. Bro, they even, to go even beyond that, they started showing stuff that people like didn't expect to see. Yeah. They went, Steph caught a lob, then CP caught a lob. Yep. I was Dame, shocked. Steph, and CP back to back to back, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Like, they could get CP a lob, but we can't get uh, 
what do we got? Mitchell, Levine, and Zion. And it was like two dunks total between the three of them. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. That shit, dude, watching Kawhi, like, really be out of place was just so disturbing to me. Yeah. Because, like, like, we've seen boring guys in the in the All-Star game before. The Spurs were always boring in the All-Star right, game. Right, 100%. Always. And, and they f- at least fit when they were out there. Yeah. Like, LeBron didn't even play the second half. And they're, like, Doc is putting in Kawhi like they're about to go on a run. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> like he didn't just coach him last year. <laughs> exactly. I, You know, my favorite part from the blue team was the Tatum and Jalen Brown isos. I liked that. I liked that. I wish there was more isos, honestly. Yeah, Brown was getting buckets. He was. When he got the fucking ball. Right. He, and and that's the thing. When you watch the older All-Star games, there was so many ISOs. Like, they still, I mean, they had fun and did a lot of crazy stuff, the stuff the fans want to see. But they still would ISO guys up and, like, challenge each other one-on-one. I saw none of that. Only Tatum and Brown were the only ones I saw do that. I think um, Paul George gave somebody... A bucket one-on-one, but it wasn't like a, a challenge. It was just like, oh, you're out here. I'm about to just make this little move and hit a three. You know, it wasn't like clear out, you know, let them work. Yeah. Like the old All-Star games used to be. And if that's if they're not going to do that, I really don't want to see Kyrie out there for more minutes than anybody else on his own team. I agree. Like, what are we doing? Because that's what, we, I mean, even Kobe, Kobe and LeBron used to do that. Used to right. have that, that moment. Where they would ISO up Kobe on LeBron or on D Wade and just say, "Let them work, back up, everybody." You know, this is the yep. shot is going up. This is it. But you know, whatever. <sighs> you know the real the real culprit here, and and you know I blame Kawhi and and Kyrie as far as the how the game went, but that's that didn't surprise me. Uh huh. If if I could think of any two stars who'd have like the least amount of chemistry, it'd be those two guys. Uh-huh. Just watching that All Star game, the thought of Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard playing on the same basketball team, it it disgusts me. <laughs> uh huh, that's fair. Uh, but the real culprit here is the guy who apparently plays a ton of two K but can't fucking draft. Kevin Durant, what are you doing? <laughs> Drafting his buddies, man. Bro, like, I don't mind, you know, Kyrie and Harden, I understand. Right, because those are his teammates. But, like, you know, you're right. But you're drafting, your your team doesn't even look right. Right. Like, we, everybody saw off-rip, as soon as the draft ended, whoa, LeBron's, just LeBron's starting lineup is vicious. Yeah. And he's over here, like, his starting lineup, like, doesn't want to pass to each other while the yellow team is having all types of fun. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, KD playing would have made it better, but Embiid playing would have probably made it worse. I agree. I think KD and Embiid playing together would have been a disaster. 
Yeah. I just... It just looked bad, man. I, I don't really... You know, I, I get why KD was the captain, but I'm okay with him never being the captain again. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't think he was playing captain good this year, honestly. But, you know, it's who the fans like the most, so... Right. Ah. <laughs> I mean... Once he said he wasn't playing, I would have been cool with him changing the captain. Cause why are you, why are you picking a team if you're not playing? Right. Cause he knew he wasn't playing, right? Uh, uh yeah, I'm pretty sure he knew like a week or two ago. Yeah, that's bad. But uh, and by the way, Simmons would have fit perfectly on the yellow team. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. probably would have had a triple double if he played enough. Yeah, he would have had some, you know. Not, and, he, you know, Simmons always gives a, a nice tricky pass. He'll right. probably do a little cool handle. And then, you know, he'll give us a nice dunk. And that's what we want. We don't want anything else. He probably would have shot at three. Maybe he would have made it. He hey, the way something. everybody in yellow was draining him, he probably would have made it. Yeah, he would have did something fun, at least. I'm not sure if Embiid would have given us anything fun, but he would have been funny. And you know what else pissed me off about the blue team, man? Like, you know, they made a, a tiny run to try to cut it back. Yeah. But normally, and this is why a lot of people loved last year's game, is it was competitive. Yeah. And this time, the blue team, like, midway through the fourth quarter just gave up. Yeah. They had to score, like, 44 points. And, the, um, you know, obviously the yellow team only had to score 24 yeah, it, but the problem for me is, like, okay, Steph and, and Dame are draining them from, like, you know, way out there. Yeah. But we're not we're not going to get out there. We're just going to let them have fun. Right, we're just going to wait till they start missing. Like, what the hell? Damian literally is, is about to send you home. You were coming back, and Damian Lillard said, let me just get these 9-12 in a row real quick. <laughs> And that last yeah. shot, Bradley Beal's just standing there like, well, you're not going to hit another one. What do you mean? He just made three. <laughs> I know. He just hit one right, you know, the the um, possession right before that from way out there. <laughs> that really pissed me off, man, because they, again, they were making an effort to bring it back closer. Yeah. And then Damian made a couple deep shots and, oh, well, you know, forget about it. We're done. Right. And Steph, by the way, was selfish as hell, taking a, trying to close the game himself. I know, while Dame was hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was about to get mad if Dame had missed. Like, damn, this man Steph completely messed up his rhythm. <laughs> but it don't yeah. matter. Like, it just doesn't matter for Dame. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. That was ridiculous, too, by the way. I mean, I, I know it's all stole the even... MVP. Huh? Dame, to me, stole the MVP. And which he didn't get. Yeah, I agree. I get Giannis didn't miss a shot, but he, you know you can dunk and not miss shots. And the threes were banks. Come on, man. Two banks, like but, come on. And, it was and, so ugly too. And really, if he had missed one, they still would have gave him the MVP. So I'm not really saying he only got it because he didn't miss. I think if he missed something, he still would have gotten it just because he scored the most points or whatever, it took yeah, the man, most he, field goals. You know what it reminded me of? The the game where Anthony Davis had like 50, the yeah. New Orleans game. Yeah. Uh, but it was all like just like no defense, just him catching easy shit all game. 
That was the game that made them change the um, rules, right? Because yes. it was just nonsense. It sucked. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it, it reminded That's me of that, That's what Giannis' too, performance reminded me of. Yeah, it reminded me of that, too. That was... It was kind of annoying, too, to me. Him just scoring every time when they could have kicked it back out, new shot clock, and just worked out again and got a cool shot, a nice shot. But it's cool. I get it. Because they still wanted to score... Still wanted to win for the HBCU stuff, um, which I'm shout out to the NBA for that because this was well put together around that, based around that. Yes. Like the they had the women empowerment talk. They had the Michael B. Jordan and Kamala Harris and David Banner gave a little speech. Like all that stuff was really cool. I thought all together. Um, so I get why they were scoring, but. Yeah. That third, after that third quarter, that performance really surprised me. The Hamilton, Anthony Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. But but again, well, very well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else around All Star? No. Oh, uh, LeBron didn't. I forgot to mention this to start with. LeBron didn't have to disrespect Utah like that. No, he didn't. That was that was so. I, I'm kind of upset that Mitchell took the high road. Yeah, because I would have I I would have got disrespectful. Yeah, that I thought that was messed up too. I mean, who like, played with Cleveland said, when they were dude, kids? You you could have just said like something simple, like yeah, just the draft just worked out like that. Yeah, he had yeah. to throw Utah like completely under the bus, like they're trash. Right. What? When we were kids, we didn't play with them. We're playing with them now. They got the best record in the league. And he's tripping, bro. Any real 2K players know that 90s Utah team is fire. Oh, yeah. I used yeah. to get buckets with Jeff Hornacek on there. Yeah, the and the um the all-time Utah team, Pistol Pete. You oh, know, yeah. that's my go-to, Pistol Pete. Oh, yeah. All day. Um, So, yeah, whatever, LeBron. It, it, it wasn't funny either. Like, I don't think anyone nah, thought it was funny. That's the worst part about all. it. Yeah. And, like, fucking randoms like Vernon Maxwell hopped on, like, Twitter and, like, used that shit to troll Utah. Like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. He's, like, 60 years old talking trash about Utah. Why? Yeah, bro. So unnecessary. That shit really pissed me off. Yeah, I agree. And then Conley losing the three and such a heartbreaker. Uh, I was like, man, this is not Utah's weekend. I don't know. I, I wish Donovan came in and just went bananas. But, you know. You can't do that couldn't. when you, nobody wants to pass you the ball. <laughs> right. Right. I, I felt like they were trying to, like, solidify what LeBron said at one point. The rest of the blue team, how they were acting. Yeah. It was, it was annoying. But uh, I liked how LeBron also, like, didn't play at the end of the game, just took a set step back and just let the guys play. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. I wanted to see more of him, but um, he kind of got into his coaching bag, I feel like, you know, making sure Dame was in there at the end because he could have been in there instead of Damian easily. Yeah. So, that I was just like cool. the yellow team, the yellow team was playing so well in the second half. I, I like, I enjoyed every lineup they had out there. Me too. Yeah, me too. So that was really good. Yeah. All right. 
while All Star was going on, there was a huge signing. Wow. <laughs> Brooklyn. Crickets, crickets. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn picked up the former All Star forward, Blake Griffin. Um, he'll finish the season there and they'll look to structure a new contract possibly but this contract's only for the season I believe the rest of the season is Brooklyn instantly I mean they're going right to the finals no they're not (laughs) (laughs) and I'm hearing a lot more of that I'm hearing like I've, I've seen a lot of stuff online and I talked to a guy I know about it and and he's like excited about Brooklyn, and but now it's like, but when when I'm like you know like Blake was trash in Detroit. What are you talking about? They're mm-hmm. hitting me with the, um, oh well you know I thought they were walking to the finals even before Blake got there. Yo, like okay. I, I know they're winning games. I know Harden is is looked great the last couple weeks. Yeah, <clears throat> but Blake coming in there fixes none of their problems. No, it doesn't. It doesn't give them extra depth. No. Nope. It doesn't give them like a role player who can meaningfully impact the game because the three stars aren't going to let that happen. Right. Unless Blake is planning to turn into Joe Harris, it, it doesn't matter what he's there for. He's not spreading the floor like Jeff Green. Right. So. And I, and I don't picture him going back to like the, the CP Blake connection with Harden. No. He'll catch Which, some, but not, like, with CP. Will he? I think he will. Like, I don't know, man. I, to me, he's been so, he's been so, like, he's trying to force, like, the, the skill aspects of his game. Yeah. And really, all Brooklyn needs, the reason why, like, a Bruce Brown is thriving is because he's pure energy. Yep. <clears throat> like, Bruce Brown isn't really good at anything, but he's out there hustling, cutting, defending, rebounding, and you see him contributing a lot. Yep. Like, what are you bringing in Blake for? Yeah, that's the big thing for me. I don't know what you get from Blake that you can't get from, like, you know, well, that Jeff Green doesn't already do, basically. Exactly. He's not improving your defense. He's not improving your spacing, like you said. If yeah. you're if you're letting him touch the ball and like make plays, Harden still hasn't shown me any off ball like consistency. No. You no, know, no. I mean, you know, maybe Durant will be a little bit better, but Durant is great enough as it is. Yep. I just I like the move for Blake. I think I told you this. I think it gives Blake like a low risk high reward potential if he's locked in yeah because there is a lot of ways he could contribute but but not if he plays the way he's been playing the last year and a half mm-hmm. so i i just i don't know what blake we're gonna see i like the move for him because he's got a lot of options for how he could contribute uh-huh but do i trust that he will in any meaningful way not really. Mm. I I like it. I don't like it for him, like, all around. But the only thing I like about it is that he can 
use this team as a springboard to another team. I think I think if he works out with this team in the you know championship or not, um, if he plays decent with this team, I think it'll. You know, when we first talked about him being a free agent, we were just trying to figure out what Blake, whoever got him, would get. I think this would be a nice place for him to show another team what Blake they'll get. Because I don't think, like we said, I don't think he's going to help this team. And plus, I think by the end of the season, playoffs, I think Blake would be on the bench 80% of the game. I think he may get in, you know, may not get in some games. You know, when you told me that, I was going to like, you know, be like, that's ridiculous. But as I thought about it for a couple minutes, you're right. Like, there's a good chance you're right, because I just, I don't see that, like, oh, change his scenery, now he's, like, a different player. Right. Like, now, Blake Griffin's not going to really get touches, and what, is he supposed to, like, contribute more? Right, he's not, like, an elite rebounder. He's not, I mean, even in small ball, he doesn't fit small ball how they want small ball to be like he's he's an inside small ball person or you know mid-range at best he's not a jeff green three-point line small ball guy like really spread the floor five out that's not blake's game um and if blake can't get the rebound and take off which you know he's not going to be able to do i don't don't know i don't know what you have him for I, i think that they'll find something better in the lineup than what they have with what they'll have with Blake. So I don't think they'll drop him, but I, I don't think he'll have like a, maybe su- he'll have sub 20 minutes for sure. By the end of the season, I won't say bench. Like I won't say he, he won't play games, but sub 20 minutes easily. I'm, I'm going to throw out a hot take right now. I think we're, this is the last we're seeing of Blake. Think he's going to retire in that. I don't know if he's going to retire, but I think it's going to be similar to Carmelo. You know, teams aren't really going to want him. Uh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> and he's probably just going to spend a year kind of just being available. You know, the JR, the for, like like all those couch guys that shouldn't be couch guys. Next season you're saying that? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But yeah. the problem is Blake, so far Blake has played like a couch guy. Yeah, this season, and if yeah. we get another half, if we get another half, he gave a good chunk of last year too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we get another half a year with a contender, and he's he can't even get minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, even like Boston, who's desperate for help, which I think he would fit well in. Why would you? He's not up. He's not an upgrade over what you have. Yeah, not a clear one at least. Not someone I would right. pay for. Right. That's the thing. So now, if I was getting Blake his... for free, I'd try him. But I'm right. Definitely not paying for him to play over Tice. Even Thompson, who doesn't fit well, again energy. Yeah. Like at worst, contenders. If you're bringing in somebody and you're a contender, he's got to come in with energy. Yeah. And that's like the last thing I see out of Blake this this last year. Mm-hmm. But and to your point with Boston, Blake would help them if Blake did do the you know rebound and I'm just taking off. That would help Boston a lot, right? Because they don't have that. 
Kimba has to come back to it. Tatum has to come back to it. You know, whatever. If Brown and Tatum could just go up court and Blake just bring the ball up court, oh, that would be big for them. Huge. Because Tyson Thompson, they can't take more than four dribbles without turning the ball over. Yeah. Or Tyson <laughs> just fouls. They'll call offensive foul on Tyson for dribbling. Whether he open... offensive fouled or not. <laughs> open court offensive foul. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with what you're saying about Blake pretty much. I, I do think that if... Well, that's how I feel. If this doesn't work out, if Blake doesn't come in and immediately show teams that they could use him, then yeah, I think Blake is going to be home next year doing his new TV show. Blake doesn't want to play basketball, man, honestly. That's what it's starting to look like, man. Yeah, have you seen the show? The um, the, I saw uh, that little promo for it. Double Cross? Yeah, like a prank show. That looks terrible, man. Come on, Blake. Why are so many basketball players hosting shows? D-Wade? They just... Turner just gives these guys whatever they want. (laughs) (laughs) TBS, TNT. You notice during the the stretch of the events, they were like subbing guys in and out of the studio? (laughs) When? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Like Like, all of a sudden, D-Wade, like no Charles. You got uh, Shaq, Kenny, and D-Wade. Yeah, then, then all Reggie. of a sudden it's Reggie Miller instead of Shaq. Yeah. Then like Shaq comes back. And I'm like, what, is, what are we doing? And Chris Webber was there doing yeah. something. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Turner's, they don't know what to do with themselves anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shout out to Blake. Hopefully he does play well because I do like Blake, but I don't like the Nets. So me too, man. I, I'll I'll forever regret uh, him playing in that Milwaukee series, the one where he was like Hurt. played his heart out, <laughs> his played his knee life was messed away. up, clearly messed up, and he like threw it away by trying to take a game. Yeah, and didn't even succeed. Yeah, that was that to me. And again, like we talked about it when it happened, how much respect we we got for him after that. Yeah. But in hindsight, like Detroit, Detroit kind of showed wh- what a bad franchise they are because you're you're throwing away your star player for maybe a playoff win. Yeah. So that yeah. was that was a terrible decision. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, what else we got for the league for um, sports? Um, you want to talk about the overtime league? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's that's a big deal, man. Let me I'll just sum it up for everyone. The NCAA has officially lost control. It's over. They have no they have no more control over college sports. It's done. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, you know what it's it started to me when uh started to me when they blew up the Big East. When they blew up the Big East after, it was like the year after Kimba left too, after Kimba destroyed the Big East. That's right. Yeah. And they just said, you know what, let's just not have a Big East anymore if <laughs> if Kimba can do that. So they got rid of it. I forgot about that, yeah. They put teams all over the country in all these different conferences, created a conference that was hot garbage, 
part of the reason why you see the UConn women's dominating every year because they're in a conference where like there's no other good teams. No offense to the American conference, that's what it was before. Now they're trying to rebuild the Big East, and it's not working. Um, so that was the first thing. That was years ago. Then we had the um, uh, likeness issue, right? All the players yep. wanted their likeness, wanted to be paid for their likeness, wanted their the jerseys on the college games that they're not even making anymore. They wanted to make money and get shoe deals in college and all that stuff, right? NCAA lost that battle too. And then <laughs> now with the loopholes in the age, the loopholes in the um, eligibility for the NBA draft, good old overtime, shout out to Snapchat and uh, Instagram. Don't forget about the, real quick, not to cut you off, but don't forget about the widespread uh, recruiting corruption going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. The, <laughs> um, what's his name? Oh, Sean Miller is just raping the NCAA's rules, just tearing them up, and just, you know, destroying everything there is about the quote-unquote recruiting eligibility and recruiting rules. He's... Every year he has new allegations. He has five more this year already. Uh, you know, he had eight or nine last season. Um, well, they found nine. It wasn't just from last season. Over time, they found five more now. Uh, who is it? Um, Auburn got messed up with it. Uh, the LSU uh, uh, coach, good. Wade... Whatever his name is, a good is, he... chunk of the top tier schools are at, at at the very least being investigated. Yes, yeah. Um, Penny Hardaway, you see James Wiseman, he was a part of it. Zion, they caught Zion, and yet for some reason everyone just had to forget about it. Coach K got nothing, nothing happened, but yet they have testimony that says Zion's family took money from Duke, but we're not going to do anything about it because it's Coach K. And then now here we are, overtime elite. Like I said, shout out to Snapchat and um, Instagram. They, you probably see their little reels all the time of guys, the top plays or whatever, top high school plays. Yeah, they're starting their own league in September, where uh, thirty of the nation's top prospects from sixteen to eighteen will get a guaranteed minimum salary of one hundred thousand in addition to. Uh, bonuses and equity in the league, health access and to healthcare insurance as well. Yep. If they choose not to go to the NBA, they uh, their money will go to the college tuition. Um, but they can't play in college, and they can't play high school basketball ever again. Uh, NCAA, it's almost over. I called it. I wish I knew the episode. I. You know, for people who listen to us a lot, if you find the episode, you know, DM it to me. But I told you guys, college basketball is almost over. It's going to be done soon. This is just the first the first step in what I think eventually would be. It's the second step, actually, because LeVar Ball in the JBL was the he, first step. He did it very, very lazily, I'll say. He did it without a lot of support, obviously, right? And it was lazily. 
and he didn't have it, it seemed like a mad scientist thing when he did it because yes. it was for selfish reasons obviously it didn't it didn't feel all like all the way thought out right yeah it he didn't have a lot of time because it was for selfish reasons for his kids his right. own kids right cuz he had to do it quick because they were already uh getting kicked out of college and losing scholarships and stuff like that so he had to put it up really fast. So this one obviously is a little more well thought out. It's obviously um, done with, uh, like they've obviously talked to the NCAA about this. I feel like, or the NBA at least, right? Um, last year, I would imagine, yeah. Another blow to the NCAA was the N- NBA G League offering high school players to come straight to the G League. NCAA, open your eyes. <clears throat> Look what's going on. The world is passing you by. And you had a chance to stop it, nip it in the bud, but it's it's blowing past you. And what, is college basketball the second or, or first most profitable for the NCAA? Do you know? I'm not sure. I don't want to guess. It's definitely first or second, though. Yeah. Um, I think when March Madness comes is when they have their like chance to catch the college football. But also, there's just some college football teams nobody watches, and this um, college basketball isn't quite the same when it comes to that. But this is huge, man. It's huge. You know what it is? Uh, this like to me, it's not. I don't think the NCAA is dumb enough for for them to be like passed by. I I just think the problem is greed. Oh, Clearly, sure. the solution or a potential solution was spreading the wealth around. Yeah, but we we don't want to do that because that will defeat the nature of college like athletics, which right. which you know. Now, their only hope for a solution is to restructure the concept of a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was thinking of. And I told you initially that the scholarships are really kind of the last saving grace for college basketball. Yeah. And they're probably going to remain a saving grace for a good portion of time. Mm-hmm. But I'm already, you know... My mind is going, if this league pops off and it, if they really get the top recruits, it probably will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and when it pops off, now the income and benefits are more. Now the rosters are expanded. Now it's a direct competitor to, the, to college basketball. Right. All they need and, is TV time. Exactly. That's it. And now we're going to get to a point where eventually the 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 alternative paths become more lucrative even in failure than college basketball yeah and once that happens then you're officially right and that and that time is coming unless the NCAA does something they have to do something big and they, and it has to be well known they can't be on the low the coaches and the players can't be the only ones to know everyone has to know what you're what you're doing because we know what overtime elite is doing and carmelo and jay williams have um, a part of this yep i mean 
you know. I just I don't know what else can they do besides restructure like the concept of scholarships. And I can't even really think of how they would do that. You know, maybe give it give me a little bit more time. I could kind of piece together a, a strategy. But this is like what all, what other solutions can you even have for this? The thing is, they'll have to, you know, your scholarship, maybe in your scholarship, you have to have money after you come out of college. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe, you know, you get a, you do get a salary that you don't get until you officially forgo your eligibility of college basketball, you know, because yeah. otherwise I don't know why I would go to college if I'm a good player, if I can do this. If I'm like, if I'm a top prospect, and I've met countless guys who go to college basketball because it's the next like step. Yeah. There's so many guys I've met that were elite players that if they had the option to do this and have an opportunity to be pros while like building of a life for the future, they'd take it. Right. They'd take it because I just. The, the motivation with college basketball compared to this is forced. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a pathway and it's not a perfect pathway. Like you, you, we talked about it, you know, they could fail and, and kind of not really know what the next step is. Mm-hmm. But the guys who take their future seriously, like they would, they could take this step with a clear picture of what they're going to do, whether it goes well or not. See, I, I don't know if I would say the guys who take their future seriously. Because the, the thing is, I also know a lot of guys who wouldn't get into college if it, they didn't play basketball. They just wouldn't even make it. Like You're right. Think about Nick Young. Do you, have you ever seen the Nick Young documentary? Because he, he had a learning disability. He had to take the SATs three times in a room all by himself. And I remember he had a whole crowd outside the room waiting for him to come out after he finished it. Do you remember that? No. Because he wasn't, he wasn't going to make it to USC. They were worried he wasn't even going to get in college. D. Rose wouldn't be in college. Never. And you, we already know that story. There's a lot of guys who I know that just wouldn't even, wouldn't even go. Like, just wouldn't make it. So the thing is, you only have two years to play in this, right? 16 to 18 you know, two to three years. But, um, after that, okay, you have money that you can use towards college, but you have to get in. And the thing is, I also know some guys who after the high school basketball season was over, just quit school. They're done. I mean, I, obviously that's not a common thing, but it's more common than I think a lot of people know. Some guys are only in high school for basketball, for the sports. They don't care about, you know, going to class. But this this is a realistic path that punishes you for not taking that aspect of life seriously. And, you know, I, Nick Young is a separate, you know, I don't know what the deal is with his learning disability. That's a different case. Yeah. But the guys who just don't give a shit about school. Yeah. Like, this is the right path for them to take. Because you're, how many guys have you seen uh, show up to college and just like, th- like waste their time there outside of playing? 
A lot of people, yeah. I mean, dude, North Carolina a couple years ago was making fake classes so these guys could keep up in school. Yep. Like Another failure me, by the NCAA, by the way. Right. But, th- like, that's to me is now we're directly following... Now you're directly following your dream. You're not, you're not going in a way that's, like, you're being forced to go. Right. But then... But- but then what do they do after that? That's the problem. They they can't Same as everybody else, figure it out. See Like that? dude, you're you're looking at it, you're looking at it like, yeah, these guys that you know, these guys wouldn't have a chance to get into Duke. They shouldn't be at Duke if they don't take their education seriously. But that's what the basketball scholarships are for. That's what they're and supposed that's why to be I'm saying, for. That's why I'm saying they're gonna be the saving grace for a, a while. Yeah, I guess so. But I just I, I feel like um college you're you're making it seem like college is completely inaccessible if you didn't do good in high school, which to me is not, it's not the case. No, it's not the case at all. It's not like the case. There, there I'm not are pathways that. there are pathways to get a, a basic college educate an effective college education. But but the, And it's up to these guys to take that. But the only other thing, the one thing I'm saying, there's, you also know there's a lot of the prep schools and the high schools where it's they're only there for basketball. Like there's, right. they go to school, they go to high school, and they, you know their grades are good enough to play, and they take classes so they can play. But there's high schools that do the UNC thing, that have the you, BS classes for guys to play. I knew guys you, in high school that took keyboarding class so they could make the team. I didn't, I've never heard of that, like a class like that. That's crazy. Yeah, well, I'm just saying there's, I'm saying. No, I, I, I got you. High school basketball has gotten so out of hand that there's guys who are only in high school for basketball. To go to college, to play basketball, to go to the NBA. But, I mean, the thing is, I don't know if it's the top 30 guys like that, that are like that, but um, I don't know, man. It's just. It's just interesting because also giving up your high school season, and will these will this league recruit? You think in the future, will it recruit fifteen year olds to say, "Hey, you don't like high school basketball anyway. Just forget high school basketball and come play in the overtime league." You think that's gonna happen? Well, that's that becomes a slippery slope that I'm not confident in it all uh-huh. uh but i i just i'm not mad at the thought of like forcing guys to be responsible about their future earlier on i i'm not mad at it either i i think it, i think that in theory this i think that this is a good league but i think the trade-offs of losing your amateur status and not making it to the NBA or going to the NBA for one year and being done, I think that's, to me, that's not being serious about your future. I think guys who, like, we we know some guys who went to the NBA out of high school, um, you know, I'm saying we've seen it, went to the NBA out of high school and played for half a season and then were just left back in the street to never do anything again. And, yeah, they'll have $100,000, but, like, that doesn't get you that much anymore. Especially if you have nothing. You have barely... All you have is a, a high school diploma. 
But what I and I told you this from my perspective when we talked about it. Yeah. My thing is, as I said, college ba- uh, college and a college education isn't like a impossible thing to obtain like it used to be. No, if it's you're not. not succeeding in school. Right. And my thing is, I, I saw a lot when I was you know playing in college. I saw a lot of people who took the the basic uh, local community college route. Yeah. Which is a very, it's very easy, very simple, very possible for regardless of how, like where you come from, you know, what your background is. Yeah. But the problem is that pathway requires you to like grind to an insane extent. Yeah. And you got to be working. To but pay now, for it eventually. Now you could take, you could, with the money you get from this league, at worst, you could take that grind and it's not an insane grind because you don't have to work as much while getting the, the local community college education. Right. So that's all I'm saying. Like, there's nothing we could do about the guys who don't take their future seriously. Right. And, and to me, you know, looking at it kind of negatively in that way, like, obviously, there's going to be reservations about it. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of guys could take this and chase their dream the way they want and then deal with the repercussions of that. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. And I, I don't think that's an unfair thing. I know it, you know the kids are young at that point, but I I don't think that's an unfair thing to ask of people. I, I don't think it's unfair, but waving $100,000 in front of a 16-year-old just seems... A little manipulative to me, especially with, you know, parents are taking gifts now, taking money to send their kids places. I don't know, man. It, it just. But that's that's how college basketball got in trouble. And I, I don't think to a certain extent, I don't know how you solve that. I don't know how you solve. Like, it I don't either, know how you solve a, like a greedy parent. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I hope there's attempts to solve it instead of. A, you know, attempts to make it easier. That's the only thing. That's the. That's my only issue with it. I got you. But we'll see. It's coming pretty fast. September. Um, I I'd like to see when they say top thirty players what exactly they mean, because I don't know if every you know the top thirty ESPN top one hundred kids are gonna all agree to this. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but you want to transition to music? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna play any song to transition it, by the way. Alright, we just get right into it. Drake is back. Scary hours. Well, we, we knew he was coming, we just, it took him a little bit longer than we thought. Yep. Yep. What do you think? Or you want to go first or me? Uh, let me let me get your thoughts because I I didn't get any reactions from you about these tracks, so I'm curious. <laughs> you didn't give me reactions either, so um, I'm gonna be honest, man. I hate wants and needs. I think it's terrible. And I may the be first in- track, huh? Which one, the first track? No, the little baby one. The one that really everyone, the one everyone is tripping about. I don't I don't like it at all. Little baby sounds cool. But I don't like Drake is sounds like he's off beat. I don't like how the drums sound. It's just that one 
That one is was like an instant skip for me. After I heard it once, I'm cool. Uh, Lemon Pepper Freestyle. I mean, Drake and Drake and Rick is just, and Rick didn't even like do that much on it. It sounded like something that maybe Rick gave Drake the verse a long time ago or something, because it didn't sound like he knew that Drake did what he did on there. Because I feel like Rick would have came a little more correct. The Rick that I love. But um, I love that track a lot. This is Drake I Like, The Diary, Talk Drake. And um, with the first track, the first track is cool. It's catchy. Uh, it's this is Drake, man. It's not, the first track sounds like a Drake single. Like what Drake's first singles used to sound like before the albums. And um, I like it. I like the three-pack altogether. I think it's good. I think it's a good start for um, Certified Lover Boy. I'm sure, like normal, none of these songs will be on there, which he always does. He has that little uh, singles pack that we never hear the songs again. So, I like it. I like My it. reaction it was significantly different. You don't like it? I I didn't like the first track. I'm gonna tell you right now. I thought it was corny as hell. Okay. And and maybe maybe it goes to like the, his early singles. I just I don't know, man. I just didn't really fuck with it. Uh huh. Like it didn't really stick out to me. It didn't impress me in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the little baby track is the one I liked out of the tr- out of the three. Okay. Uh, and I thought you know his singing at the end was was I didn't need that. Yeah. Uh, but the track I thought was cool. I liked it. I, do I um, like they're two for two, but it's kind of a weak two for two. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. As far as so hits I'm, go, I'm very curious to see what if they do a third track, what that would sound like. Because I feel like they're close to like a mega hit, mm-hmm. but they they don't I can't quite figure it out yet. Yeah, I agree. Um. And the lemon pepper freestyle, I liked it, but it was, it almost felt too easy. I agree with that. Yeah, it was like, too I was easy. Just, as soon as he came on there, I was like, uh, I mean, like this is great. Like, don't get me wrong, I know this Drake is great. Yeah, it just didn't surprise me in any way. Like, Gold Roses had s- like a like a different layer to it that just shocked me. Mm-hmm. And and this was kind of basic. Yeah, it was basic. It was definitely basic Drake basic yeah but i'm not like i enjoyed the the three pack i like it got me excited to see you know when is the damn album coming mm-hmm. uh, it was nice to hear him you know i was concerned that this goddamn knee surgery knee recovery was never gonna end yeah uh but he's back and and this was a good like this was a good i'm back i agree i agree it was it was uh, and the thing is that when i say i didn't like it i, I don't uh, the little baby song, I recognize that it's good, and him and little baby sound cool together, but that's it, not what I'm looking for from Drake. And I, that's I fair. get it. It's I can see that it's something different, but nah, I'll, I'll pass. But the first one, it definitely was corny. But I like that. I like corny Drake sometimes. But normally I do too. So, something about this one, I don't know, man. Maybe I just heard it at a bad time. I was tired or something, but. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's real. Though. That's a real thing. If you don't hear Drake at the right time, it, it, he sound like I think if I didn't hear um, Hotline Bling when I heard it, 
I would have. I don't think I would have liked it. Oh yeah, Hotline Bling. On a bad day, that would have been the most annoying song ever. Yeah, exactly. So that when Drake does the corny uh, singles, you gotta catch him. You gotta listen to him at the right time for sure. He's one of those guys. You know what I like is that none of these tracks like blew up. You know, like they like some of his tracks normally do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like there wasn't a money in the grave or a God's plan on here. Right. Right. And, and that's, and it's just cool to see like different opinions about his music. Like there's a lot of like some people really don't like it, a lot of people really like it. So it's it's cool to see that he's kind of reaching different people in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's showing that he's just like he's he's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, he's not. And the thing is. I think he knew none of these were the one. Like, to your point, none of these blew up. But I... Drake is just so good. I think everything Drake does is by design, honestly. I think it's all strategy. I also felt that way about Jay-Z, but... The way Drake releases his singles, which singles he releases... I don't think he doesn't know which stuff... Which things are gonna pop, because when he does... It's obvious. It's like it's it's so easy when he knows. Like he knew God's plan was gonna take off. I'm sure, when For he sure. heard the beat and um, what's the other one? Um, nice for what? He knew that oh, yeah. he knew that was the one. Easy. So, um, I'm with you. I don't. I think Drake knows these weren't them. I think he just wanted people to hear his voice, and you know whatever comes next is gonna be something special hopefully I'm I'm not I believe it I believe it's gonna be special you know you know how he goes yeah yep alright next the big release the sneaky release I might add very sneaky um coming off you didn't you didn't mention this to me I might have missed it to be honest cause (laughs) I'm not the other people I interact with most of the other people I interact with they don't really fuck with Tory Lanez at all even before the the whole Megan thing yeah Uh, so I I was man when you mentioned something to me I was like like my jaw dropped (laughs) yeah yeah coming off of um, him trying to get the court to let him talk about the case I can kind of see why because um, I could see him trying to go there, like close to there on some of these, and not taking it all the it, way. It's hard to assume that he's talking about anything else besides Megan. <laughs> I it's know, really yeah. hard. Like I want to believe he's just talking about like random hoes. Yeah, but it just doesn't seem like it. That one when he was like the, um, uh, you were my friend. We used to. Uh, Man, I forgot which one it is. Because all these just, they flow so easily. It feels like, it feels like a medley that just doesn't stop. I mean, dude, uh, Megan gets a boyfriend, like, what, a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah. And he's got, y'all don't look right together on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what else is he talking about? Right, yeah, you're right. You're right. It it just, the timing of this is, go ahead, though. I want to hear what your thoughts on it are. So, for those who don't know, we're talking about Tory Lanez, Playboy, new album, or 
it's hard to even call his stuff albums anymore because they come out so much. There's no like this. Build this up. is an album, bro. This, this is definitely an album. It's a, it's one of the singing ones. It's not a hard rapping one like he does sometimes. But man, this is <laughs> Tori's the man, man. <laughs> like <laughs> Tori is so talented, dude. It's really crazy. And it's, it's it sounds so simple. It does. It does. Like he, it's one of those. It's one of those where it, the way he's talking is so. When he writes, it's almost like he says it out loud and then writes it down. Like it sounds like something he would really say. So much of his raps and on this, on this, like a lot of rappers, like especially Drake. Drake has a lot of lines. I know Drake wouldn't say in real life. Especially to women. Like the uh, lines that we think are cool on the song. Like Drake is not saying that. It, but the way Tori breaks down his lyrics, they sound so realistic. So, um, they're also very relatable. The stuff he says about like, you know, his exes and stuff like that. I get it. I know exactly what he's saying. The stuff about being toxic is, is so good. <laughs> Yeah, man, this is this is great. I don't I don't have like a lot of uh, like it's not one of those that I would like rank as one of my favorites of his or anything like that. But not that it wouldn't rank, but I'm just not gonna do that this early. But man, this is it's it's really 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 good, and it does it does just show Tori is on a different level than a lot of the guys like him. Um, I I didn't like one track on here. Uh, so I can't really call it flawless, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to coming out of this. The, Which my one first, didn't like, you three, like? The the anthem, the feels, I, I thought was kind of corny in With, hindsight compared the to Chris? the other tracks. No, no, no. Uh, serve it. Sorry, the oh, anthem. Serve it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I thought that uh, was weak too. Yeah. And, but this this album, for me, it's. One of the most memorable projects I've heard from him probably since his, what, third album? Memorable? In, For sure. In what way? What do you mean? Because I think I told you when we reviewed uh, Chick's Tape 5 yeah. that, like, that side of him I, I never really, like, consistently fuck with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Chick's Tapes never really stood out to me. Uh-huh. This is the Chick's Tape sound that, like that I wanted to hear from him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, f- like, to me, the reason why I call this an album, it's because it's completely cohesive. Absolutely. It's not like random tracks put together. Yeah. The the nods to, like, throwback beats are really subtle, but really well done. Yeah. Uh, he, he plays, I can't remember the track, but he plays, like, the Show Me a Good Time from Thank Me Later beat yeah. towards the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I was like, oh my god, like he it's like he's speaking directly to me with this production. <laughs> me too. Yeah, that's the, that song is so underrated in Drake's all time, by the way. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh but this this uh, this album is all the good like this is the textbook album that I want a rapper trying to make an R and B album to sound like. Yes. Because the way he delivers a lot of lines and lyrics is it sounds like a rapper delivering them. Mm-hmm. It, it does. But he f- he fits into the R and B production 
from start to finish. Yeah. Even on the track I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this this album, man, like again, it's so cohesive. The the transition in like in between songs, the switch ups are crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm always a huge fan of those in R and B tracks. Yeah. Uh, his he embraces toxicity throughout this like he's future. I I love that. Yeah, I do too. He's I he might be the king of that now though. Like he might take the future's crown. He's getting there, and it's like you said, it it makes him sound so genuine because he's embracing the situation that's gone on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and it's kind of one of the problems I had with Megan's album is she could have embraced it more. And really only did it in like the opening track. Mm-hmm. And and this for me was like like exactly what I wanted to hear from him. It it's it the tracks are kinda long in some cases, but they never feel that way. Yeah. A lot of times it's because he switches it up, and most of the times that he switched it up, he raised the energy. Yep. And a lot of times it felt like a whole nother song. Exactly, yeah. I just, there's not enough great things I could say about this. Like, this to me cemented him as a top tier artist. Yeah, to the ones who like, are listening, yeah. Unfortunately. Like, to me, it's, it's no, like, there's no question now that he's a top tier artist because he's dominating two different genres. Yeah. And it's like, he's not, he doesn't switch up his style to the point where it's it almost sounds like two different artists. Right. Like, he sounds... It's Tory Lanez, no matter the genre. Yep. But, man, this... Again, just hearing this... Oh, there's so many things I loved about this, man. Like, just going back to it, having different tracks that I love. Um, This album is fun to listen to, like, in a mix, not in order. Uh, The lyrics are great. He's... It never gets repetitive. Yeah, you're right. It, it just it transitions song to song so well. The beat switches up so well. His his line delivery and his kind of slight nods towards rapping are, are was very well done. Yeah. I mean, this album was again, it might be because I hadn't heard much lately, much new stuff. Yeah. But I loved pretty much everything about this. I did too. Yeah. And and that that cocky talk he does, man. I'm not sure if anyone beats him at that right now. Top tier. Yeah. Yep. I will say my first two, three listens, I couldn't find like a favorite or a couple favorites. Yeah. But getting deeper into it, th- those last two tracks are clear-cut standouts for me. Yeah, Don't Walk Away, Just Trust Me, is it's probably my favorite on there. Yeah. In the shooby doo and then uh, One Last Heartbreak. That yeah, was... That was hard. It was really good, man. But this whole album, this is like a must-listen for the people that are like the rappers going into R&B. Yeah. This is what... The, the blueprint for that. Yep. The intro was crazy, too. Yeah. Super crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Tori, man. Hopefully the legal stuff... Works out and uh, yeah. Hey, hopefully he doesn't get that twenty-two year sentence he's talking about. Yeah, hopefully he gets some redemption too, as far as his his name. Um, yeah, man, I, I feel listening to this, man. I felt so bad seeing like 
you know, he off rip had to deal with, uh, you know, release controversy. Yeah. Uh, it, that just pissed me off because I'm like, this is just good music. It is. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, you got anything else music wise? Uh, nothing. Nothing new from me. Well, um, well, you know, the intro to the uh, podcast, <sighs> Bruno Anderson, man, sound great. They sound great. The first song, it sounds fantastic. And the thing is, it, it it's another one of those that is just so, so easy. And they're both really, really talented guys. I'm not going to say much about it because, you know, I, I want to hear a full album. Because I, I don't think anyone could doubt that Anderson and Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars can make one good song together. Oh, yeah. they're That's to me like Steph and Clay. It's like a perfect fit. Yeah. I want to hear the full album, but that first song is, is fire. It's fire. Good start. I don't get why people hate on Bruno Mars, bro. I don't either. I think 24 Karat Magic, and this is a hot take maybe. I think 24 Karat Magic might be a top five album of my entire lifetime. Of of any any genre of music. Like when I have kids and grandkids, I I'll always remember 24 Karat Magic being alive for it. And I you know, I I'm I'm not gonna like I'm not comparing it to Thriller, but how people who lived through Thriller talk about Thriller. Like me living through the Bruno Mars 24 karat and uptown funk era is like it was otherworldly compared to a lot of the other music I've heard in my life it, just the impact of it but you know I might be Some, alone something in that about, you, you know something about Bruno Mars because I'm not as huge of a fan of his as you are but something about his music just like you can't help but smile and enjoy it yeah yeah it's just he's got that sound of just just like fun like you could just hear fun in every like music he does yeah he's he's a true true musician that just loves making music and he lets you know doesn't let you forget that about it either yeah he um and the thing is i didn't bruno was just okay to me before that album i'm only respecting that album i'm not like a his other his stuff before twenty four karat magic like I liked a single here and there treasure was fire, um obviously the B O B song was fire, but I wasn't like a, you know I wasn't listening to Bruno that much, I would listen to him on the radio but I didn't download any of his albums until after twenty four karat magic, and I knew of him and I listened to him, but I wasn't like a fan by any means, but um. I wish he released this closer to the Super Bowl so people would remember how fire he was at his Super Bowl. Classic Super Bowl of, of our lifetime, too. Uh, you see any movies? Anything? No, but uh, I will be watching, uh, what's it called? Judas and the Black Messiah because it's about to leave uh, HBO Max. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll for sure have a review of that for next week. Okay, that's cool. Um, what else we got? We got anything else? 
Mm. WandaVision ended. I'm about halfway through it, so I'll, I might be able to talk about that next week, too. I should be able to talk about it next week, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, see you guys later. Follow us on Instagram, No Clue Podcast. Uh, buy our merch. Support us. Yep. Video coming soon. Video coming soon. Interviews coming soon. Um, I will talk to you guys next time. Uh, here's Drake and Rick Ross. Girl, so I know it's real. Tap my fucking name on you so I know it's real. Tell a bad bitch, girl, let's go hang. You know me, Rolex, go chain. Fuck my young niggas, that's so gang. Get so drunk, you get your name. Incense burning. Smoking out of my own shit. Got black wood in my white range. I'm taking off when that light change. I'm Trizzy Drake to my old bitches. Voodoo child to my new hoes. I miss this and I want it back, so I'm all in with these new flows. New flows, got new flows. Rapid stress, but it pays great. Pimp flows and screw flows. My shit been sounding like great tapes. Nah, let me go and hit that cup. One time for a nigga hit that road. These days keep going by too fast, so give me anything to make shit go slow. Yeah. Money in my safe, but I'm living dangerous. They told me shit would change, but I don't really see no change in us. Oh no. Tap my name on you so I know it's real. Tap my fucking name on you so I know it's real. I know it hurts, but I ain't trying to hear it. Cause when I'm not around, I still be there in spirit. You'll still be mine, yeah. You'll still be mine. Tap my fucking name on you when I go. You'll still be mine, yeah. You'll still be mine, yeah. I still be yours. Tap my fucking name on you. Let them know you love the boy. What's up? I fondle the money, fornicate with a fortune. I play with a mind, she masturbating my Porsche. It's simple love, simple math. Her chest nice, not a wrinkle in her ass. Puffin' purple hash, welcome to my power circle Sucker free, no snitching, and we know when cowards working Rolls Royce rolling, Rolls gold rollies NBA accountants amounts, they get unholy But mama's still praying for a rubber band man When them wheels land, Travis Barker drums playing Tap dance to my drum roll huh. I love a bitch to know to keep me one row Tap my name on you so I know it's real Tap my fucking name on you so I know it's real I know it hurts, but I ain't trying to hear it Cause when I'm not around, I still be there in spirit You'll still be mine, yeah, you'll still be mine Tap my fucking name on you when I go You'll still be mine, yeah, you'll still be mine, yeah I still be yours, tap my fucking name on you Let them know you love the boy I don't have to work in the morning, so I always stay for one more Fuck what they say, I'm telling you, there's no side effects, I'm sure Went from driving up with some old shit to drivers opening doors This is my town, if you need some, just ask for it, it's yours, yeah Ask for it it's yours. If you ask for it, it's done. I go Western Union some money. Get your passport and income. You'll meet everybody I know. First, it might seem like a lot, but they all play and they roll. Put that on anything that I got, and all I care about is my city, man. I can't say it enough. I done heard things about y'all that they can't say about us. I just hold it down for my side. I just hold it down for my set. I give everybody a piece of this, and I make do what's left. Yeah, I do the shit to the death. Yeah, I do the shit till I'm gone. Yeah, I told you that it's all world and you foolish thinking i'm wrong Ooh. 
Stop asking how the fucking needle feel. Tap my fucking name on you. Let these niggas know it's real. What's up? Tap my name on you so I know it's real. Tap my fucking name on you so I know it's real. I know it hurts, but I ain't trying to hear it. Cause when I'm not around, I still be there in spirit. You'll still be mine, yeah. You'll still be mine. Tap my fucking name on you when I go. You'll still be mine, yeah. You'll still be mine, yeah. I still be yours. Tap my fucking name on you. Let them know you love the boy. What's up?